Hey y'all, welcome or welcome back. This is part two of the Stuck in the Middle, the Complexities of Identity episode. Enjoy. Okay, yes. And, you know, I, I, I definitely, I think I'm getting the, the, the a good picture of what it is that you are going to be researching. And I think it's so valuable in so many different ways because oftentimes when people think of ethnicity and 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 just identity um it can i think a lot of people don't think that it's malleable like a lot of people mm. think it's just you know stagnant mm. you know you're from this ethnic group that's it that's all mm. you know there's 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 not it's never changed it's never evolved um but the reality is like, as you stated, when you answer the question surrounding land, but I think in a broader sense, you know, things change and, yeah. uh, you know, things evolve, they differ because of the time, mm-hmm. um, because of space, because of what, what, whatever it is that's happening in that environment. Um, and so, you know, you do have to shift for a moment. And mm-hmm. um, I, I guess I want to go back a little bit to the diaspora i know that it's not your exact focus on your mm-hmm. on your on your uh, um your research but you know back to even what you were saying when you said that you were stuck in the middle mm-hmm. um when it comes to being in the diaspora and having multiple identifiers that you know mm-hmm. make you who you are um how then do you wh- where do you where do you fit i guess um I know that's a broad question and I know mm-hmm. it's not it's not a one size fits all but I think it's a question that many people within the diaspora ask themselves that um that just you know or sometimes they don't really think about it because they do have that feeling of connection with their you know home country quote unquote whatever country it is um, back home mm-hmm. um but it it takes that one moment where they meet somebody who is from the continent, who's from their ethnic group, and who's been you know on that land for a very long time to tell them, well, I don't really consider you, you know, Cameroonian mm-hmm. or whatnot. For them to take a step back and be and kind of reevaluate their identity, I guess. So, you know, how how do you feel about where do you like you know the question of where do you fit? Where do you fit exactly? Honestly, my personal opinion, where you fit is based on the crowd you're in. Mm. So, for example, like, we have multiple identifiers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, it, even, like, even, like, the little experiment that, like, a lot of us do where it's, like, depending on what crowd it is, I might say I'm Cameroonian. I might say I'm a specific ethnic group, or I might say I'm just Black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, the, the, your answer and your identifier changes relative to the group or the group you're in. So um, when it comes to the diaspora in particular, it depends the crowd. Like if I'm with other Africans, I'll definitely say I'm Cameroonian. Mm-hmm. If I'm with other Cameroonians that are not part of my ethnic group, I would say I would emphasize that my dad is from Batsibo, my mom's from Barranqui. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm just mm-hmm. in sort of a mixed crowd, I mean, like I'm black, I, I look, I look black. Um, and unless somebody is able to pick up on my accent, I kind of just maintain that I'm black and I, you know, I live in America. I'm an American citizen. Mm-hmm. So 
what do you what you identify as in my opinion is based on where you find yourself the crowd you find yourself in and and how you show up to let's be honest Mm, like mm -hmm. how you show up to like how you show up kind of tells the story before you even open your mouth Mm -hmm. so like if you show up i mean you know and uh, i can only talk about the context of america you look black you're not you don't look out of source like it, I'm, for example you're D, in the dmv there's a dmv culture you dress like you know like we say oh you're just like a quote-unquote a dmv you know person mm-hmm. like you know nobody's gonna ask questions but if you open your mind and accent comes out you might be dressed mm. like a dmv person but it's yeah. like oh but then the dmv has a lot of africans so it's like if you're with other dmv africans mm. that have assimilated into american culture then you start like that's you start to peel those layers it depends on the crowd the the the, the, the situation you find yourself and how you show up there's some people that don't have that like they don't i don't, don't want to say luxury i feel like that's a really misplaced word but they don't have that ability Mm -hmm. to do it because they show up in specific ways yes so you know people were like oh you have an strong african nose or whatever you know those type of things that they interview or like you know what i mean i've heard people say that like you know they they have those things typically african features so like people already judge them before they even opened your mouth so like it doesn't matter you could be born in america american by birthright or or several generations of American, but if you have an African nose, then hey, people mm-hmm. are more likely to associate you uh, as being somebody of African descent or African. So it it really depends. It depends on on how you show up. That tells a story, and then you know, based on the crowd you you're you're in, how you then choose to uh, how you then choose to show up. It's very complicated. I don't I don't I don't I don't know. It's very complicated because also with the diaspora, because we had this quick uh, conversation, right? A lot of diasporans get in trouble when they try to mm-hmm. rep, like represent their entire community. Because another another aspect of showing up as something is like, so for example, if you show up as Afro, if you're in a group of people, even just within black people, and you you're 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 known to be African, so you're known to be Cameroonian, Nigerian, and everybody else is not you sort of become like the Nigerian representative representation within that group. Yes. Like it's like the cultural attache, I think I said yesterday of, 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 of Nigeria within the group. And, and that runs into a lot of trouble because a lot of they, they be, people then start to draw blanket statements, mm-hmm. blanket or blanket generalizations about Nigerians, Cameroonians, you know, even the, within the complexity of Nigerians and the diaspora, like people start to draw like large generalizations when you find yourself as the only person of whatever, whatever within a crowd that within a particular crowd. So even that, even that gets you, gets you, uh, uh, gets you in trouble. Oh, yes, for sure. And I'm actually glad that you brought up that conversation that we had, because I think it's it does actually connect with what we've already been talking about in terms of ethnicity and identity, because, you know, because people want to feel as you stated, um, you know, and I guess I'm, I'll, I'll be kind of paraphrasing, but, you know, people want to feel connected to something mm. and that connection to something makes you feel secure. Mm. Um, and because Ooh, yes, that, you know, good tie. Yeah, you know, and because of that, sometimes, sometimes, you know, when you feel secure, you feel that connection, you almost sometimes feel like you have authority to speak on certain mm-hmm. things when it comes mm-hmm. to that group. Um, and like you're saying, a lot of diasporans sometimes are in spaces or just volunteer 
um, you know, their words in terms of their ethnic group or their, or their identity in general. Um, and it, it can definitely lead to broad generalizations. And yeah. one thing that we discussed yesterday was, you know, who has the mm. authority to tell a story? Who, mm. who, what's an ethical way to tell someone's story? Yeah. And, you know, Ooh. like, I, th- I think a lot of times because folks feel that connection to their home country, whether they've been there multiple times or not, you know, they feel, well, I'm Cameroonian, regardless of if you feel like I am or not, I'm going to tell this story. But of course mm-hmm. that can, that can lead to, to, to um, some, some, some shortfalls in mm-hmm. the way that you speak out certain things. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess my question is just like, in your opinion, you know, what, what do you think is an ethical way to approach your ethnic group, your identity, especially if, if you're from the diaspora and you might not, I'm not trying to say that you don't have a connection to your, to your ethnic group because that's not true, but mm-hmm. you don't have a day in day out connection with it, I guess, mm-hmm. if I'm phrasing that correctly, um, or, you know, you're, you're, you're still separated. You're, st- mm-hmm. you're really stuck in the middle of different mm-hmm. um, groups. So, you know, what's an ethical way to approach it? And is, is there an ethical way to approach those types of stories? Honestly, what is an ethical way is something I'm still figuring out. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, as I'm actively trying to do research and, 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 and be in this space, like, it's something I'm trying to figure out because I think, like, we spoke yesterday, like, and this ties into, like, identity, like, really well, mm-hmm. obviously. Like, you have access to all of these identities because you are this person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm allowed to be in these spaces because I'm part of this community, mm-hmm. either by birthright, heritage, whatever, assimilation, whatever. Um, so that's one thing. And, and, and so, like, I hold multiple um, identities. I can be in these different spaces because of that. Cool. But then and then and then and then you find yourself, for example, in the diaspora and then you find yourself detached um but still wanting to hold on to that still wanting to tell stories because sometimes is that you're in a space where other Nigerians or other Cameroonians or other Batibo people other are not there mm-hmm. and so you was like you're like, you're just like yo like I am this person I am a rep because like we have a big thing about representation man yes. like I don't know and so like so like you like thinking in your head like oh representation matters like I'm this mm-hmm. person in this space and there are others you you then try to maybe overcompensate by telling a story and then you misrepresent by mm-hmm. like generalizing some of the complexity some of what it really means to be you know this thing um and then and then you know inadvertently misrepresenting the entire the entire identity group or whatever how do you ethically tell those stories? I don't know. Like making sure that one, it's relevant to the community. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, like, so for example, like, man, Shadi came out with a candle that, you know, had a, you know, a call, a, a, mm-hmm. a, a rallying cry um, to a, a movement, a, a, a youth movement that was, you know, rallying around police brutality yes. and, and political oppression. Like, let's be honest, like, how important is a candle to that movement? Mm-hmm. And that's no, that's not no shade. Like, obviously, it's easy for me to say that, but like, how relevant is a candle to that movement? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and maybe even asking, because like, I mean, that's asking one space and then I guess I'll ask it in, in the academic academic space. But how relevant is a candle to propelling that movement? 
Like, mm-hmm. is it, it like, were you trying to go for visibility? Mm-hmm. Like, were you trying to raise awareness? Like, what was your goal by naming it that? Yep. And then, and then you can see that it, it definitely missed the mark completely. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have to ask yourself how relevant is what you're trying to say or what you're trying to re- uh, represent to the community or I guess the cause or, or whatever you want to call it that you're trying to represent. How relevant is it? If it's not relevant, then maybe, you know, don't represent it in that way. Um, yeah, and, and exactly. Exactly to everything that you just said. And I think that, you know, there's also the idea, this almost this idea that folks in that space don't know how to tell their own stories or they need yeah, to yes, tell their stories. Yes, yes. And it's almost paternalistic in a way where it's just like, I need to be the one who's telling your story because you can't do it on your own. So let me tell it for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel as though sometimes, you know, there's, is there, is there a conversation um, or is you, are you doing this for, uh, you know, to commodify something? I think yeah. you brought that up yesterday as well, you know, yep, yep, yep. modifying something for your own benefits and removing it from the context with whether mm-hmm. that's the social context, the historical context, whatever it yeah. is that it was um, um, originally in and I mean, yeah. such as those candles. And yeah. that's not to, you know, um, point the figure because, you know, that, YouTuber is not the only person who yeah. has done something like that or yeah. is thinking of doing something like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it could it, it really brings you to a dangerous zone because yeah. you do feel like you have that um you still have that authority of, of telling those stories. Yeah, like so it's funny, like the first time I ever had this sort of conversation was with my good friend Ariana. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to work the library graveyard shift, so those 12 midnights <laughs> to like 3 a.m. <laughs> and we used to talk, you know. Um, and um, I realized when the, the camera situation hit, I hit her up because I remember those conversations. She said, even within the, the community that she's in, she's saying that um, there's a lot of gentrification within the Mexican space. Mm. So they're like, there's gentrification of particular Mexican food, um, and and you know, gentrification of just so this is in Mexico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, gentrification mm-hmm. and then there's a commodification of particular parts of Mexican mm-hmm. heritage so particular food and she was just like and she was the first person ever to tell me she was just like Nora like don't like she's like I, I guess I had the quote on my wall and she was just like you know a lot of people run into trouble I'm just paraphrasing when they try to commodify their culture and so you know so something effective like commodif- uh, the commodification of somebody's culture is how we get into trouble mm-hmm. because like you know I get trying to like bring like visibility you know what I mean like you know this is this like something like food or, or something that's um, a cultural artifact I don't know mm-hmm. what you say where it's like you know like this is really good I want other people to experience it mm-hmm. um but then mix that in with capitalism always trying to make something a hustle and then you run into problems because yeah. Whereas I'm pretty sure people would be would be grateful and and, and, and and happy that other people are appreciating their culture. I think once you commodify it yeah. and make it into some slogan, it, it, you you really you first of all you take it out of this, it, its context, and then the people that are originators that own that lose mm-hmm. um, lose uh, I don't want to say control, but they lose the ability to really ability to really represent uh, that thing in the way that it's supposed to be represented 
and so that it, it leads way for the, the for the abuse of no. the abuse of certain things so so there's that like you know like commodifying it you know trying to make it in mass scale and so there might be something that you might be enjoying that like you know people would have to come to you mm-hmm. experience that you've mm-hmm. now decided to commodify and you're putting it on and you're putting down a watered down version or you're just misrepresenting it completely and it's how like I, we talked about it, it's how you get the misrepresentation or misinterpretation of slang yes <laughs> of slang <laughs> that become movements that are very detached yes. from what they originally were supposed to be so it's, it's it's all these weird sort of things that happen when people try to make a hustle of, of their cu- culture um yeah. while saying that they're trying to bring attention to it it's like you know I, I don't I don't and in, in that case I don't I don't know I mean I, I can't think of all the right ways you could do it but we can definitely look and say that there definitely been some very wrong, wrong. inappropriate ways of of, yes. of trying to um try to tell stories about people that people of the same community yeah oh no for sure and and an emphasis on people of the same community because I think that a lot of times people don't realize that even though you are part of a certain community doesn't necessarily mean that especially considering the fact that for example you had already said at the beginning when we started this episode that you know there's ethnic groups that are found all throughout the different African countries um and so you know it could be really complicated to speak for oh yeah oh yeah you know and 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 there's ways that you can obviously bring and it any, any, any person who's talking about these things knows that there's always going to be spots that are going to be tricky to speak about because you can't really make a full generalization. You know, even, even Betiawondo people are not only found in Cameroon, they're found yes. in other um, um, spaces in other countries within mm-hmm. um, Central West Africa. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think also the remembering that people have agency over their own stories and Mm -hmm. that they don't necessarily need you and sometimes you know you can listen to something it doesn't mean that you have to reproduce it elsewhere yes Uh, I think that's something that people need to remember at times and I think people get excited because maybe they might be learning something new about their ethnic group or something that they Mm -hmm. do want to share. Mm -hmm. But some things are really, you know, for lack of better words, really, um, they're sacred. They they might not need to be shared with a a broader or larger um, group of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a very, that's a very, like, critical point. Um, But then, like, you know, like, I, you know, I would then be like, man, that, that might render some spaces invalid. Like, for example, there mm-hmm. are like spaces, um, conversations in, in academia, mm-hmm. especially um, African studies space where the, the calls for abolishment because they've realized that um, the African studies space is very extractive, is very extractive mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of Africans' uh, 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 a culture and so there's been a lot of abuse and a lot of violence um you know perpetrated against you know Africans that become subjects to academics you know mm-hmm. and so like you know damn like I mean your your point is is exact where it's like it's not you know I have access to certain communities that other people don't have access to I have access mm-hmm, to certain mm-hmm. stories you know they're very interesting I'm an academic like you know you know there there might be this um especially within I mean academic spaces where it's like trying to like 
have the cutting edge like you want to break a new you want mm-hmm. you want to you want to be you want to be the academic that has people yes. thinking about things in a <laughs> new way like what you know what I mean you want 50 years from now people will be like psyched mm-hmm. heaven and have and and so like you know sometimes <laughs> the, and then you 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 take your your community and you hang them out to dry mm-hmm. by by telling stories or 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 or, or, or really taking you know you know stories or 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 or, or experiences that people mm-hmm. had and, and 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 commodifying i think mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way by by having people by, by writing about it in a particular way that that person might not even know about it and then pushing it out mm-hmm. there and then now people are, are you know so and and that's extract that's extractive so there are certain spaces that live off of extra i mean i don't want to make that claim about academia and and whole because i'm not trying to be, get killed i'm trying to get into that space <laughs> so i'm not trying to make a statement that academic is inherently extractive no but i'm saying that you know within particular spaces and people are saying the african you know study spaces and uh, maybe other mm-hmm. spaces like even like um oh shit what is oh shoot what is the the thing uh anthropology Mm-hmm. very especially mm-hmm. when it comes to, it's very attractive you're mm-hmm. digging up people's mm-hmm. graves like be like you know there there's certain things in there that for us like you know uh, people that are, are researching particular things like you know you know witchcraft or sort of mm-hmm. like um uh indigenous or or, or, or religions things that are by by nature like we know in community by nature are not things that you tell you broadcast to people yes. they're things that you keep in community especially and like these these little, little things that you know an academic might see oh that's fascinating they want to tell a whole story they want to build something they go in you do something you don't really care about the way cultural custom says it should be and then now you're reading about something and you're really wondering like hmm, i wonder if those people gave consent mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. to be out there so I guess I still like to say that there's certain spaces, there's certain things that exist to extract from other people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you ask the question, like, how can you ethically tell stories? Like, you know, sometimes it's not even about telling stories ethically. It's like, should you be telling these stories? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. So if the answer is no, then I don't think there's any ethical, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe that's me being short-sighted. That I don't think there's then any ethical way of telling a story you shouldn't be telling. Yeah. you know and, and when you leave it up to people's discretion of like maybe I'll, I'll i'll listen to this or maybe i'll tell somebody about this maybe then you know there's a lot of abuse that could happen so you know i definitely believe that there are certain stories that should not be told but mm-hmm. when you have entities that exist mm-hmm. to tell stories and to extract like it's you then get into a very fuzzy sort of line you know? Oh, I mean, of course, and we know that academia doesn't exist in a vacuum. So it, it's yeah. obviously been, you know, that there, there's within it, there's still remnants of colonialism, anti-blackness, um, and you know, just other isms, I guess, that have have not yet been, you know, completely destroyed. And yeah. so certain people still, people can still approach certain stories. In, in in very even colonial ways where they're really extracting yeah. from people just to commodify it yeah. now, i know yeah, you had mentioned even a book that a, a white scholar had done oh um, yeah and, so, and, okay yes and and you know it was selling and i guess what from what you were from what i could remember what you were saying is that it wasn't even clear who the author was until a little bit later and then it was revealed oh yeah uh, that it yeah. was you know a, 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 a white woman and 
you know, it, it kind of also makes me think about what we've just been talking about in general today. And, you know, when it comes to ethnicity and sometimes the ways in which people are kind of initiated into mm-hmm. ethnic groups, mm-hmm. um, especially, um, I guess, people who at first glance, people would not assume would be part of that ethnic group. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that, for example, uh, uh, I know that a couple of a couple of days ago, I guess I saw a French ambassador who works in Ghana, mm-hmm. um, you know. Oh, you know, I said, why can't you white people not just come and in your suits and observe the culture please, and shake hands? Why please. do you have, why do I have to open my time and you're wearing a whole like, Ankara fabric? That's like, <laughs> and, and I think in, 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 in a way that like, it, like royal presentation is a way that is only made for special occasions. Like, how mm-hmm. are you getting close to the culture? What are you actually representing? What are you exactly. telling your other white people, your fellow white people? Like, this is okay. Like, bro, like, it's not needed. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> act out you can you can observe especially when you're allowed into these spaces you can observe Mm. that culture without having to feel like i have to you know be in it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and i don't know people are losing their minds every day i swear (laughs) to god (laughs) yeah i i mean it is just like i've seen people you know basically say that some of these people have a right to speak about the community because they've been emerged in the community a couple of times and I, I, I feel that's another aspect of how there's also this blurred, more of the blurring in terms of ethnicity and identity mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, people within that community can basically sometimes say, you know, this person has the authority to speak on, on this behalf. thing. Yes, I, on this I, thing. I, I think a lot of that also has to do with power. Like a white person mm, in the yes. in an African space has power. So you yes. want somebody you want somebody that has at least a representation of power representing your culture or mm-hmm. your your group mm-hmm. on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Because I mean it's funny because we just talked about like in the beginning, I just talked about how like in certain spaces I have people, you know, that part my my ethnic group, you know, telling me it's my face that I I like they can't imagine me as it even though I'm in that space and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm attending, you know, like, you know, observing certain cultural um, uh, norms, they'll tell me to my face that like, you know, I'm not that person. So there are certain people within, within your culture, within mm-hmm. your identity group that are very quick to tell you, you know, you don't represent us anymore, you know, almost like, you know, mm-hmm. taking, you know, I have people like, oh, taking your black card. I mean, that's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I were to compare something, you know what I mean? If I was to compare something, yeah, you know, yeah, taking, yeah. taking away a part of your identity because, you know, you don't talk in the same way they do your soul. Mm-hmm. Like you have years removed, but be quick to give an outsider, mm-hmm. what we would, we would, we would perceive we as an outsider, us. a white person, because I mean, let's be honest, white, white, whiteness has a perception of power. Yeah. Yeah. So as a white person, you know, in, in certain spaces, you're perceived to have a lot more power than other people. Mm-hmm. So people might be quick to bestow upon you, <laughs> you know, titles or, you know, titles, right? Titles mm-hmm. and, 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 and bring mm-hmm. you into the fold and very quick to denounce their fellow person that is that, that they perceive to be just like them and, and, and maybe doesn't have any more power than them because they feel like maybe this person maybe as a culture again my word I like coming back to that my stupid phrase as a culture attache mm-hmm. might be able to raise the stock of mm-hmm. um, 
of that group and so like yeah and it also depends how the group decides to like um represent themselves mm-hmm. there's some groups like, i'm because i remember we talked about tourism too right i was and about how, to bring that up <laughs> and how i was just like you know i think tourism in exotic locations is is, is unethical as, as hell because mm-hmm. like on one hand people are like oh you have to give people a chance to like show their culture to other people like you have to give people a chance to make money like people are showing mm-hmm. their culture but i'm like let's look at the chains of power and where all of that actually ends up mm-hmm. like granted mm-hmm. i can't I can't speak for how somebody wants to represent their culture, of yeah. course, but like we have to think about how maybe that again commodification of culture, mm-hmm. representation of that culture in mass, um, can hurt the culture because it then gets co-opted by white folks. Yep. And yep. then now you, as somebody who is that, no longer gets a say. It's almost like once it gets co-opted by white people. Like, you no longer get a say on how it's supposed to be used. Like, how white people will be, like, now, like, they're co-opted braiding styles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're giving it names. Mm-hmm. Even food. Like, I've seen there's, like, an uptick of, like, cultural foods that white people have co-opted. And our naming is something else. And somebody's, like, white people refuse to learn how to properly pronounce these food names. And they're just making it and naming it something mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, like man like you know <laughs> you you choose to um you choose to represent your culture in a certain way you choose to traffic your culture in a certain mm-hmm. way and then you know it gets co-opted by by outsiders to get co-opted. it gets co-opted honestly by white people and now you no longer have a say yeah. on how other people perceive you know perceive that culture or that identity so it's it's a uh, it's, it's complicated oh it's definitely complicated and as you were talking you know and you brought up um tourism it made me think of uh, this uh article that i had read um or a part of i think it's a part of a book uh by uh walia i, I can't remember their first name um but they're they spoke about border imperialism and they just mm-hmm. had um different tenets of border imperialism. Um, and they specifically spoke about mass displacement. And the reason I'm bringing that up in terms of, 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 uh, of tourism as well, is just, you know, when you think about tourism, you know, people in um, Western countries, Canada, US, et cetera, are able to go to places, exotic countries or whatnot mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, um, enjoy a luxurious time and to really extract resources from the people who are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who are there when they are being massively displaced um, are unable to find um, a, a space within many of these Western countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are, it's, it's, it's through many difficulties. And oftentimes mm-hmm. they can even cause uh, violence or death. And yes. so, you know, you mentioned a couple of times borders and how borders are also an aspect of the research that you're doing and, and also just uh, aspects of immigration and how that connects to ethnicity. And, um, but I just wanted to also bring it back to, to tourism and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how we can extract so much from other communities, but mm-hmm. the, the, uh, what's it called? Um, it's not a vice versa relationship. Oh, no, 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 you know? No, no. No, it's it's a it's a it's a sort of like a, a predator. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's like a predator, like a. I mean, essentially, it's an extractive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, like even when I I mentioned like, like I mentioned immigration, immigration policy before, 
and how it ties into borders like like you said it's it's um those that have power western countries that have power um supremacy Mm -hmm. um get to come into communities and extract aka enjoy Mm -hmm. um take part in they say tour they say observe they say but Mm -hmm. essentially extract culture or extract parts of people's culture and then go back and 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 continue to live their lives but Mm -hmm. the the repercussions of of them being in that space which can like i said lead to mass displacement you know uh, inequality extreme poverty um you know when when those people then like you know try to seek refuge refuge in those people that have been partaking in their culture they're unable to um mm-hmm. and that's because like i said if when you have power you get to pick you get to pick how your borders are penetrated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you have power you get to perceive how your you you get to choose how you're perceived like america has a lot of well let me say this might be controversial i don't know why but america has a lot of power over how it's perceived in the world mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. that soft power that soft power like that's i'm just gonna say the soft power thing that people talk about you know that america gets to trap to traffic in is 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 as a result of of of, of privilege of, mm-hmm. of the power mm-hmm. that they have and so they get to you know export things they get to you know do things like the jazz diplomacy and shape and frame the way the rest of the world views them and then frame the way you know others view other places but those places that they're extracting from i.e those really exotic you know Mm -hmm. underdeveloped you know you know you know states or countries entities that are part of the global south they they don't they don't get that control especially not in in american or western spaces Mm -hmm. so um yeah like i mean when you have the power you 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 get carte blank to really you know like wield your dominance the way you see fit oh a hundred percent a hundred percent of that idea of power and even um yeah, that idea of, of having that power to really define and carve out how you want to be perceived and even define almost how you want other countries and other spaces yep. to be perceived as well. Um, and that becoming the, the primary narrative mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and the primary view that people, you know, um, view that space, that country or whatnot, even that ethnic group or that mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. Um, because it even makes me think of what you were saying before as to how, you know, the state can either, um, um, what's it called, platform or, you know, amplify certain ethnic groups, but also shun or, or you know, uh, yeah. almost remove certain ethnic groups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or push them to the margins, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what's best for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 States can states can uh uh what do you call it indirectly indirectly violate those that they seem that they they either seem to be a threat mm-hmm. or you know yeah seems to be a threat um by like giving power to other people to then like ostracize or or or, or be violent against them so mm-hmm. i mean listen, I, 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 and, and these things are obviously relative to like we're talking about the west um the west to uh, sort of the global south or, mm-hmm. or developing uh developing world but even within that like you know say it's the state versus um like you know local authorities so sometimes it's the state versus indigenous authorities um but something else that something else i guess that 
might be powerful is also how like people buying into the state like mm. the state is like i mean like this is like like political mm-hmm. science 101 it's like what is a state like a state mm-hmm. is like state has established control over a fixed border you know has control of all its, its hinterlands blah, blah, blah. um but also like i mean state derives legitimacy to do certain things based on whether or not people within those borders are able to buy into mm-hmm. that state and so like when it comes to like you know a state that is housing multiple mm-hmm. ethnic groups it's another one of the reasons why I was like interested in what I was I was studying is because like okay you're a state that's housing you know multiple ethnic groups identity groups um, and those identity groups spill over mm-hmm. like so like, how do you then as a state try to you know maintain a sense of legitimacy because you know i i i this is me talking i didn't think that if you're not able to maintain a certain level of legitimacy then you don't have stable power mm. so when some when an ethnic group can look elsewhere to say hey i'm not messing with maybe the kenyan state like i really don't care i'm not buying into that and i have you know um mm. co-ethnics outside that are willing and ready Mm -hmm. to support me that then puts the state in jeopardy in my opinion yeah um because they then don't have a certain level of legitimacy to to sway or dissuade Mm -hmm. people from Mm -hmm. making or like certain groups from making certain decisions but i mean also too i mean if you have if you have military power you can do anything sometimes people people don't even have to buy into you if you have military capability you can send security forces to shake down and threaten your citizens i mean like do you really need your citizens Mm -hmm. like to buy into you do you need legitimacy in that way no but like Mm -hmm again like some of these things are factors in states where the the state derives its power or some of its power from from maintaining a a semblance of legitimacy within the people in in that space so Uh, yeah for sure and you know i you know i study chronology so i I always look at things through like a a lens of that as well and even if it's not even military powers you can also put people in 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 prison Mm -hmm. um we Mm -hmm. know that people have been in prison for years Mm -hmm. um based off of you know wanting to do something different and wanting to do something different could be several things but just going against what the state wants you to fit into can be definitely a reason as to why you might be put into into prison and like you were saying you know this 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 idea that you know you will you know, if, if you if the power at B cannot have power over you anymore, it could definitely fracture the mm-hmm. the um, the foundation that they yeah. have. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, you know, I wanted to just go back to um, tourism for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I I feel as though, especially nowadays. And this might this might stem into something another conversation I don't know, mm. but you know I think nowadays especially with um, the COVID pandemic mm. going on, um, and you know this feeling of wanting um, um, you know uh, some some relaxation, mm-hmm. some relief from it, especially coming from folks who um, you know are able to have that relaxation, you know many a times because people who 
are working for several jobs and never get that mm-hmm. relaxation you know it's mm-hmm. the pandemic is just mm-hmm. another added aspect but it was mm-hmm. they weren't able to travel um you know through two three times a year anyway so but really what i'm trying to say is you know this this feeling of having to go somewhere else to get that relaxation mm-hmm. without understanding you know the the ramifications that that, ha- that, that has yeah. you know yeah. and I think a lot of people well nowadays a lot of people have been talking about what's going on in Hawaii mm. um, and, I was just gonna bring that up yeah. yes and um, how that is probably the, the largest example although that's not the only example and right. a lot of people are, are like oh well okay I, I don't have to I'm not gonna go to Hawaii but let me go to Dominican let me go to Jamaica let me oh and you don't know that these countries as well have been saying very similar things that Hawaiians have been talking about as well and yeah I guess you know yeah I don't really have a, a question but I, I just it's something to just I just wanted to ponder just talk about. Talk about. yeah 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 I mean again like I said I don't think there's any ethical way of 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 touring exotic quote-unquote places mm-hmm. um because I think it comes with a price um I think often exotic locations are own or are owned or have stakeholders that are that are part of large white corporations or whatever so in exotic locations you have you know hotel chains tourist chains that don't go to locals but rather go back to you know like you know large corporations chains whatever and so like essentially like people are losing their homelands um you know you know things are being built to house tourists mm-hmm. people that are escaping a certain reality mm-hmm. displacing locals making like you said any I, like, like i said previously inequality is rising poverty is rising people are un, unable locals are unable to afford their homes so that large corporations can come in and build stuff so that other outsiders can come in and enjoy and that money that's coming in is not going to the locals it's going back to those major corporations so mm-hmm. like it's as again this is a very extractive because one, you're displacing people. Two, you're making it mm. impossible for them to live. Where are they going mm-hmm. to go? They can't go to the states that are extracting mm-hmm. from them. And the money that is being funneled is being funneled in and out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even passing. Like, when, when, when people say, like, oh, you know, I just, I just touch money. Like that's stupid friends like i just touch money like it, that's what it feels like mm-hmm. like and, and but then but then like we're building it up as what if, we're building it up as um as a as a as a you know as as, as something that it's not mm-hmm. and 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 that's 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 obviously very harmful um for people so i don't know at the end of the day like it's, it's I, I mean i don't know I, I haven't really thought through i mean there are people there are other probably other people that have really thought through these things like understand yeah. but like for me like i said like as i as i continue to learn about it like i i can it becomes more and more clear to me that touring exotic locations is unethical mm-hmm. there's just it, it just it just is like i don't know how we make it ethical uh, and I, I i i don't know either and like you said there's definitely people who have looked into this at, at um, more uh, you know uh, you know deeper levels uh but i think just even looking in even at a surface level even if you don't go so deep and you dive deep into it you 
there is just it's just unethical point blank period oh you know um i think a lot of people they do enjoy traveling they enjoy going to other places and you know you'll let them know that hey this 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 might not be ethical and a lot of times when you say something like that it it even when you tell somebody, you know, you might not have to tell this story, or even when you tell someone, you know, even though you're part of this community, maybe be a little bit careful about what it is that you're sharing, mm-hmm. you know, people feel like it's a, it's an attack to their mm-hmm. own self. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really not that. It's about preservation. And it's about mm-hmm. also looking at things a little bit more broadly. You know, we mentioned the fact that, for example, mass displacement, let's say a group of people are now being displaced to a, 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 another country for example and they have to make home there but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason they're not being accepted in that new country or they're even they're either being forced to assimilate or they're being told that you know if you you know you have to stay within these quarters and then Mm -hmm. we'll leave you alone that's that is something that can and has already happened due to um things like tourism and i think Mm -hmm. i don't think people really look at it uh, with that lens um mm-hmm. because a lot of people you know they're like well i'm tired of covid19 i need to go take a vacation right 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 but like also too like the thing is about all of this is like the or i guess the complexity of it is like mm-hmm. how do you tell somebody that's also trying to escape something yeah that they are in like you know inflicting harm on the community that they're trying to or how do you tell somebody that they themselves have has been displaced yeah uh uh, yeah. uh, uh their 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 generations have been displaced that they also have the potential to displace yes. others you know what i mean yes. like yes and, and it's a very like it's a very it's a very crazy thing to hear like you know what i mean because your immediate is now like i know what it is to be you know displaced i know what it means to 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 go through generations to go through mass displacement i Mm -hmm. cannot do that Mm -hmm. but like 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 we've been saying like Mm -hmm. even people that are part of a community can cause harm to that Mm -hmm. community so it's really about trying to look to first of all see the relevance of what it is that you're trying to do to make sure that it's relevant to the people that you're in community with and then you know like trying to you know just just trying your hardest to make sure that it 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 it, it, it it's it's respectful mm-hmm. of 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 maybe some of the, the 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 social parameters that are in place even maybe even more so than that because again some of the social safety nets aren't really anything mm-hmm. but like you know just 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 trying to really to really make sure that it's relevant is respectful mm-hmm. of the boundaries that are are, are there, uh, mm-hmm. um, and, and 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 maybe that's like that's 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 where we can start from, you know. That's mm-hmm. where that's where we can start from because, man, like obviously you don't want to like you don't in in trying to preserve a community you don't want to like romanticize them, mm-hmm. right? So that's another mm-hmm, thing that I think people mm-hmm, worry mm-hmm. about. That's why I say like in academic spaces is like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, you know, romanticize something. You don't want to, you know, give sort of like false or inaccurate data because you're trying so hard to like, 
you know, be respectful of people. But like, you know, yeah, if you're somebody that's in community, you're trying to tell a story or narrate something, like obviously you want to be respectful. Like these are things that are supposed to be kept in community. These are the ways that, you know, this community likes to be represented. True. But also making sure that you're not, because we've seen that too. We've Mm -hmm. seen, we've seen people over romanticize. Yes. Yes. Their culture. Um, and we're just like, bro, like, you can't tell me that, like, this is what really goes on in society. Because mm-hmm. that, too, is a gen- overgeneralization. Yes. yes. Of, and, and glossing over, you know, the lived realities of other people in community. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's, it's trying not to, trying not to um, take advantage <laughs> yeah. of, of certain things, but also trying not to, like, like romance I'm painting us a rose colored uh, a, a picture of something that is very very far removed from reality yeah and and you know it, I think it also goes back to what we were discussing in terms of how uh, who tells a story you know how you approach that story and the way that you communicate it because I think that like you said you know that over romanticization of uh, you know your community or your ethnic group or your identity or whatnot can, can uh, you know, like you said, gloss over a lot of things. Um, yep, yep, and yep. I know that people want to paint their community in the best ways, but we should also not be disingenuous with the stories that we tell or yeah. the ways in which we, you know, um, talk about our communities. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's an importance in that histor- historical factor that, fact in general that may not be you know the the most you know the nicest thing or Mm -hmm. you know the prettiest thing to share but it's still an aspect of it um but you know going back to your 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 research that you're Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. um because we will soon be wrapping up this conversation Because if we don't do it now, this conversation is going to go on for six hours. Girl. But, you know, going back to what you're researching, um, you know, what's one thing that you you hope from, when, when, you, when you conclude this research, what's something that you hope you've been able to, to learn? And what's something that you've learned throughout the process of researching this, this topic and reading from other scholars and, you know, um, just d- diving into what you're you're researching. Hmm. I just it's 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 always fascinating to learn more about other cultures. Mm-hmm. I think I think in particular somebody who's 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 trying to be in this African space. There's just just overgeneralization of things. Mm-hmm. There there are sort of like those like scholars like those scholars that everybody sort of cites those major scholars that have broad theories that are that that are removed from like the actual history mm-hmm. of of like actually that are removed from historical facts mm-hmm. like they they don't they don't take into account the history the progression mm-hmm. and even factors like colonialism and, and how that has altered you know the 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 construction or even the perception of things like identity and whatnot so like my, 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 my hope at the end of the day is to discover all the ways in which all these factors, colonialism, border making, mm-hmm. uh, 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 um, all these things, like is to discover how those have impacted identity, 
on the continent um, or in the specific places that I mean I end up researching I really want to find out all the ways in which because like, you you see you've been on the internet you and I on the internet when every day somebody like it's like thread like how such and such is tied to colonialism how such and such is tied to slavery thread yeah. and then we're like whoa or you know like oh like oh some of the the, the, the things that we think are culture now how those were born out of a struggle against you know, you know, op- oppression. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, firstly, like, even like, like reading how these scholars are com- uh, conceptualizing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. identity, ethnicity, collective action, like what it means to identify as, 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 as a, identify as part of a state, like, you know, even just the idea of statehood, like, like, can we reimagine it? Can we imagine, reimagine this idea of nation states, man, like it's hmm. something that later on, later on hmm. down, if I end up doing a PhD, I really want to mm-hmm. get into like reimagining, um, mm. like imagining past, you know, these ideas of statehood. There's somebody, there's a scholar on Twitter that I, I follow that I respect so much. And on, on, on their bio, it's like, um, against borders, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, as a political scientist, somebody who graduated undergrad in political science, who's going to graduate with one in master's and in possibly PhD, like they teach, it's ingrained in you, this idea of states, mm-hmm. borders, they're fixed. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, you know, but like, as, as I do, at least the, with the research that I'm getting into, as I do it and I, and I start to see all these problems that exist because of fixed, quote unquote, fixed borders, mm-hmm. you know, states, like, you know, and even... <laughs> that like really clashing with the malleability like how malleable identity Mm -hmm. is how it moves from like place to place I'm like bro like there have to be scholars that have conceptualized these things outside of the traditional nation state Mm -hmm. oh for sure and so I'm interested in like learning that to see you know like people like oh this is what I want a future to be like what is a, a a potential future away from from this fixed border mentality mm-hmm. so that's that's what i'm that's that's what i'm looking forward to um to um i mean maybe not this particular master's thesis but if i continue to further my education that's what i'm really looking forward to um to 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 getting out of the research that i do oh well that's amazing and with that um we're going to conclude this episode and i'm sad to do that because i feel like there's so much more that we can discuss but you know, doesn't mean that this is going to be, this is the first, but definitely not the last, um, because I would definitely love to continue this conversation and go on different tangents and and, and have <laughs> different connections, because I think that this topic is so broad. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you continue doing your research and you want, to, if you want to share more with us, I would love that as well, because you really dropped a lot of gems here. And I think it's going to allow a lot of people to really think a little bit more broadly about their own ethnicity, you know, think about their own identity, think about borders, immigration, statehood, and so many other things that you mentioned um, during mm-hmm. this, 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 this conversation. I will definitely share the article that you shared with me uh, by Ooh. Gail. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely share that with folks and put it in the description box of here. And I would love to also share your information too, because mm-hmm. I know that people would definitely love to ask you some follow-up questions on this topic. Um, But all in all, I just want to say thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this because 
you've taught me so many things. And if I was able to learn something, I am 100% sure that at least one person listening to this or who will be listening to this will definitely um, be able to learn as well. Oh man, please, please do. I'm somebody on social media who loves, loves, like when people interact with me, like <laughs> have questions. And I really, really appreciate you, man. Like from the very beginning, I really, really appreciate you always creating spaces for us to have conversations. Like the reason why I've become sort of scholar, I'm more, I'm more like, you know, curious. I'm questioning things is because I've been in spaces with you and because I've been in spaces created by you so I really appreciate you having me on your platform oh that's so nice thank you (laughs) no I really appreciate that and you know uh this is really a space where we can it's a space for everybody it's a space for community it's a space for you know, conversations. And I'm so glad that you feel safe here. And I would love to have you on here more because, or at other moments as well, because I think that your knowledge, not just on, you know, what you're researching currently, but on so many other topics is, is so needed. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people could benefit from it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for accepting to do this. And I know that many people who are listening are going to Um, be so grateful that they were able to hear what you had to say today oh thank you yes so uh, thank you all for listening Um, as I said I will definitely share Nora's information in the description box if you want to reach out to her and even reach out to her maybe possibly for some of the research that she or some of the articles that she pulls from in terms of her research and hopefully you know when your paper does come out we can read it and when that PhD happens you know Mm. we can also Mm. you know look into that as well so Hmm. you know the 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 questions that you're posing and where you um eventually want your um research to lead to i think is 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 so 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 important um so thank you for that and thank you to all of you um and i will definitely catch you hopefully all at the next episode so thank you thank you (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.